This is the Truth Network. Hidden treasures of the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. So this is the verse that intrigued me most of all in the Song of Solomon for years and years and years. And I couldn't be like I've been looking forward to sharing this verse for so long with y'all. And so for those of you who followed me and all the way through the 119th Psalm, a lot of times we're talking about these statutes, right? That as we, and, and I would recommend that you go back if you didn't listen to all the, the, the verses in the 119th Psalm, that kind of leads up to how we got here today. But nonetheless, this will still be really exciting for you, I think, uh, to see this, but it, it really makes the idea of our statutes that we've been in search of, the statutes being the ones that, that, uh, the psalmist David spoke of so many times, you know, that, you know, oh, that my ways would be directed to keep thy statutes. And I will, my lips will utter praise when I could keep thy statutes. So this, this particular verse, which happens to be the seventh or the Zion verse, uh, which is just spectacular in, in that it leads to so many dots that are connected throughout the scriptures in my mind. And so I'll read it and then I'll, I'll tell you the story of how I think this, this unlocked this understanding for me. So the, the verse in English reads, the watchmen that went about the city, they found me, they smote me, they wounded me. The keepers of the walls took away my veil from me or took away my veil from me, however you want to say that better. But that verse just had me perplexed for years. Like, why in the world is this in here, and why would this matter? But let me just say from the onset that you remember the prayer that she had, right, the second to last verse in the fourth chapter where she said, blow on your garden, come on, north wind, blow, right? She's asking that life would come at her, and here life comes at her, and it, and it does, and it blows on her garden. And so if you'll just um, just grant me license for a minute and just walk with me on where I see this and, and how this was originally outlined for me was that this whole journey in the garden had to do with the Garden of Gethsemane and it had to do with the night that Jesus would be betrayed and specifically very much so when it comes to Peter that you might remember that he <laughs> had made a big deal at the Last Supper saying, I'm your guy, I can do this for you. When you need somebody to come through for you, Jesus, I'm the guy. And you may remember that they washed or Jesus washed you know, everybody's feet, but when it got to Peter, you know, there was some shenanigans over that. And so that, that verse where it says, I slept, but my heart was awake, and the idea of the hair that was dr- dr- wet with the drops of the night couldn't help but put that connection to me that this was Jesus in the garden that night, and Peter and his friends were asleep, right? And they weren't so quick to respond to Jesus, as the case may be. And then comes this scene where afterwards they arrest Jesus, and now Peter is following Jesus. He goes through the city, and you might remember the watchmen found him, right? And they accused him of being with Jesus, right? They beat him, and they bruised him. And then they took away his veil, right? His mask, that he thought, I'm the guy for you. In other words, Peter himself thought that he had what it took when it came to helping Jesus. <laughs> but unfortunately, no, I shouldn't say unfortunately. One of the most fortunate things in all the scriptures is Peter found out where he really was without Jesus, absolutely nowhere. And he saw his need for Jesus, and he felt the need 
for cover, right? Because as we get our masks ripped off of us, then all of a sudden the north wind has blown and all we all we have is Jesus to cover us, right? And at the point in time when he's all you got, I mean, when he's all you need is when he's all you got, however that goes, I mean, you get the picture that this idea of the watchmen that went about the city, they found me, they smote me, they wounded me, the keepers of the walls took away my veil from me. And I think that, you know, Solomon, this is prophetic of what would happen for Peter and the church in so many different ways, but it is also very much the story of my life, right? As the north wind has blown when I got cancer, I found out how badly I needed Jesus. When I had the brain abscess, I found out how bad I needed Jesus. When I lost the dealership and all my money and went broke and all those different places, when all those things were stripped from me that I thought were my identity, that I thought was what made me, even my health, right? What I, what I found out was the cover that I needed was Jesus, right? And so it's important. It really is that God loves us so much that he is willing for our veils to be literally stripped from us. And quite often, you'll find that happens from people that are the watchmen, the people that are actually church people, or the people that are feel like they're protecting other people will accuse you of doing stuff that you didn't do. And when you look at this throughout the Bible, you'll see time and time and time again, it happened, right? It, it happened for Abraham <laughs> when, when he, you know, he thought he was going to lose his life and he ended up calling his wife his sister. And the same thing for Isaac. And then, of course, you know, <laughs> poor Jacob and his mother, you know, they made up a whole story that, and they got, they got their masks ripped off. And, and I, you know, Jacob even got his mask ripped off as he wrestled with God to, to find out that, wow, you know, Esau would come to meet him. And, and certainly, you know, Jacob <laughs> went through it with Leah when she dressed up to be like Rachel that night. And, you know, one of my favorite stories, and I'm sure one of yours, is when Joseph ran from Potiphar's wife, what happened? She ripped off his clothes. And even though it was totally wrong that he went to jail for all those years, but when he went to jail, Joseph had all his other identities stripped away so that all he had was Jesus, right? And when all that's stripped away, you know, Jesus is what you really need. And when you think about anybody, you know, throughout the, the scriptures, why did all this stuff happen to Paul? Why did all these things happen to all these Bible characters, because as it says in James, consider it pure joy when you face various temptations of many kinds, right? The reason why it's pure joy is because we find out what's really important in our life. We find out where, where our cover really comes from and how we get down to actually having an intimate relationship with Jesus. We have to strip off all of the veils. <laughs> and you notice, I mean, you can't help, well, I won't go into the next verse until next time. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we're, when we get to the miracle verse, which is the eighth verse, you'll see, you know, this is a continuation of this thought that here we are in Zion. And the letter Zion, you know, when you think about it, has to do with remembering Jesus, right? And when you think about poor Peter that night, as his cloak is getting ripped off from him, as he denies Jesus three times, what happened? The cock crowed three times. And when that cock crowed, what happened was the letter Zion. For those of us who studied it in the 119th Psalm, right? 
you know, <laughs> I remember thy judgments of old and comforted myself. In other words, the Zion has everything to do with remembering God. And what a picture that is, that moment when that cock crowed three times of the letter Zion, if you understand that that is a perfect picture of where God has us. When we get stripped, all of a sudden we remember where our cover really is, and that is literally the statutes, okay? It, it literally is that het and that kuf, that what we need is to be united with God as close as we possibly can, and that is what covers us, his blood, what happened at the cross, that he would take our sin for us, right? That's the cover that we need, and those things that we've been learning about that, that you know, our lips were utter play, praise when we understand that the cover that we need for our sin <laughs> is not our elaborate poses or our masks. The covers that we need for our sin are, right, Jesus himself, right, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I mean, here it is in this particular verse. It brings so much of the Bible together for me because here the north wind has blown as she has prayed for almost at the end of the last chapter, and now life comes upon her. And the guards, they beat her, they bruised her, they took away her mask. Why is that in this book? <laughs> because it's in everybody's story that is in Christ. I know it is. You know, it clearly is in my life. I wonder as you pray about this, and I hope you do, you know, when did Jesus strip off your veil, right? When were you beaten and bruised? And why would, why would the beloved, why would Jesus allow this to happen? Why would King Solomon allow his bride to be accosted in his own city? Think about it. Because he loved her so much. He loved her so much, she needed to know who she really was in order for her to have the relationship with the king that it was meant to be. And thank you so much for, I was just dying to share this <laughs> verse. I love this thought and the way this all comes together. The whole Bible seems to come together right here for me in so many different ways. Thanks for listening.